Let's go while we're young. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. B-Y-A Bushwood. <laughs> That's Casey Earl Flynn, and I am McGee. And we will be checking in with Corey Collins later. And what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Fired up. A little, a little um, sad that it's all about to be over, but it was a good run. And we got one more left. That's exciting. It's like the Super Bowl of golf right now. Let's do it. Yeah, right now. Let's do it. What a crazy end to that tournament this weekend. It was awesome. I mean, to the Northern. The, the, the Northern Trust. The announcers have said it beautifully. It's like, what? It's been a, quite a theme this year. The, this back nine is everything. And everyone says that, but in the past years, when we have people like Tiger Woods and, and you know, not, I mean, there's another, another list of people that finish, but holy mackerel, the back nine this year has been exciting, it's the least. Um, super fun to watch. I mean, all Ron did was have two bogeys. You know, it wasn't even that bad of a back nine, but Finau goes five under on the back nine. That's insane. I mean, as, as easy as that course was playing, that was a, still a very difficult back nine. And to go five under is, with all of it on the line is absolutely extraordinary. And that's what it takes to win these days. That's why it's so fun to watch. And then we got, we got playoff holes again. Yep. Or what? This time, the this time. Week I mean, was, oh, there's only two. Yeah, there's only two guys. Yeah, in. only two guys. That was yeah. weak. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of boring. <laughs> boring compared to what we're used to over the last few months. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um. And so now the top seventy golfers mm-hmm. get to move on to uh, Owings Mills, Maryland. Um and and keep it rolling with the BMW. Yeah, you know that area better uh, than me. That's not far from where they just were, correct? Yeah, but I never went out there. That's yeah. like that's some that's a pretty bougie part of the state. Okay. Um, it's pretty though. It's pretty when you would drive through it. It's kind mm-hmm. of uh, it's it's really nice. But regardless, um, it's. It's seventy players. Uh, half of them get to move on. Somehow, Phil Phil Mickelson slid through in the seventieth spot. Which is fun. any of these guys can any of these guys can go can go take it down. Yeah. Um, what are the difficulties of picking a winner in a in a or 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 finding a good bet? Yeah, in I mean, a smaller field tournament, as opposed to a bigger field tournament. I mean, I will say is that it to our benefit? I think it's, yeah, I think it's to our benefit. That's what I, I think it's opposite. I think this right. is exciting because, just like you said, we have the PGA champion, the, a, a major champion this year is, let's say, the worst player. I say worst as in uh, via the, the FedEx rankings. Okay. The, so Phil Mickelson's your 70th player. He won a major this year. I mean, yeah, did you know that this tournament used to be considered on par with the majors when it was the Western Open? It's been oh. played for a hundred and twenty-two years. Holy mackerel! 
Yeah, well, it was called the Western Open for most of that. And it was usually played in the Chicago area. And it okay. was uh, run by the WGA, the Western okay. Golf Association, instead of the PGA. That it can't associated with the PGA mm-hmm. later. But it was on par with the with the majors for a long time. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that until earlier today. So it's, I'm not like uh, it's not like something I think everybody should have known or anything. Of course. Um, yeah. I'm just it was surprising, you know. Yeah. Um. So who's hot, man? Or oh well, you know. Wait, we always start with the negative stuff because we're horrible people. So who are, uh, who's the fade, man? Who are we fading? I mean, I don't even think this is real fade because of how just embarrassing he's been. But Dustin Johnson is just, wow. I mean, it is bad. You know, Colin didn't play good this week. He technically, I mean, he's like the third top in FedEx. And I think that's a valid um, fade because I just I just think that he won the, you know, he wins the British and he goes to the Olympics and does our, like, it's just, the dude is, I think his season's over. You know, I think, I think there's a list of guys, including Rory, who are kind of just like sort of ready for this year to be over. I think Bryson kind of wants, you know, it's a long season in golf. And I think anyone tailing off, anyone who's not rising up over the last, say, six, seven, eight weeks is just going down. And I think anyone could easily, without hearing me name all these names, look at that. So, like, anyone trending downward is still going to be going. I mean, they're just ready. Season's over. They know that if they don't win this thing this week, like, we're talking if they don't go low day one, they probably are just going to kind of, I wouldn't say the word give up, but, you know, maybe not have as much. So, I think Bryson, I think, um, uh, yeah, Rory and Jay, I think they're sort of just done with the year. You know, there's not really much, you know, they need to regroup for next year. They didn't, neither one of them had a very good year to their standards, of course. Um, And those are the top ones. I think Brooks, I think Kepka actually last week, to me, whether he won or he didn't even really get close to winning, but he showed me that he's still fired up. So I would watch out. I actually like him. I'm saying he would normally be one of my fades, but I kind of think he's still in, he looks still interested this week, uh, this past week. So, and I think Steve is still interested, even though he got dead last after the cut, um, which I was invested in and really didn't make my week very, very exciting. But <laughs> I think I think my yeah. guy withdrew before it started, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I know. Um, everybody remembers the the last couple of days before summer vacation or spring break or something in school, or even now as an adult, like when you're taking a vacation, the last couple mm-hmm. of days of work before that vacation, it's kind of a joke. So it's a I great. Get it. If you're not like, yeah. if there's not 15 million on the line and you're not <sighs> hyper invested, yeah. then um, I could see people kind of phoning it in. So yeah. on that note, it, it might be, um, you know, b- picking golfers to win this weekend really starts with the golfers that, like, really have a chance to make a run mm-hmm. at it all. And, and, and 
you know, you want to make sure you're picking golfers that are in the 35, but or the 30, I guess, 30. that advance. So but really, it's it's kind of top so, heavy, you know. It's as it, far as who I like, you know. It absolutely is, but that said, is I love these guys in the bottom 40 because if they win, and they're we're talking win, like they can't get third or fourth or fifth but I mean that will help them probably get in but they won't really be in a position to win but if somebody in that bottom four he's such as a lefty Phil uh if he won the BMW I mean you're going into the championship the tour championship looking really good anyone who wins this week has a chance it's whether or not someone in the top yeah 10, 15 guys wins, then, yeah, I mean, there's not much of a chance for really anyone under them to to win it. So it, this week's fun to watch those guys really down in the bottom of the 70 fight for a victory of absolute win, not a second, not a third. They need to win. So, and you'll see a couple, I guarantee you, you'll see a couple, uh, you know, at least three, four, five names here on on Saturday and Sunday vying for an actual victory that's going to change their whole out, their whole season. Really, definitely the playoffs. Phil Mickelson's one hundred and sixty to one. So I love it. Do you think I've, mental, I've actually I'm actually one twenty five other places? Other places he's up at one seventy five. Um, I have him at so two hundred. So. There you go. Uh, what are any other any other long shots while we're on that topic? Any other long shots that we, well, we might as well uh, talk, talk about? about them? Um, you know, <laughs> it's hard to say. All of these dudes at the bottom, I love. I mean, you saw. Um, Saturday, this Robert Streb was in one of the last groups. Uh, Cage Lee can win any tournament at any time. We're talking; these guys are 300, 250 to one. Tom Hogue, Hoagie, however it's pronounced, was right there until the very end. Um, Aaron Wise was there. Uh, all these guys, that's what's exciting about this. Is, yeah, the, your question at the beginning, this is 70 of the best golfers in the world. It, every single one of these dudes has either won or came really close to winning this year specifically. Um, I, I just would love to have, you know, a little bit of money on someone at 200 to one this week. I absolutely would, because I guarantee you a couple of the people over 101, if not five or six of them will be in the hunt on Sunday. So who's the name you're going to put a little bit of money on at 200 to one ish? Oh, Keith Mitchell, 100%. I might put a hundy on him. I love, I mean, he's playing really, really good golf. I almost think I'm surprised he's where he's at in the standings because of how well he's done all year. And he played really good last week. You know, literally has to birdie two of the last three holes to make it in the playoffs, and he birdies all three. I'm like, that's the heart of a champion. I love this guy, and he's just a good Southern player. He's going to play well this week, I guarantee it. It's going to be a grind this week. They make the BMW a lot. This isn't going to be a 22 under or whatever they did last week. You know, this will be, you know, last year was four under. The year before was like one under, I think, 
obviously they play at different courses, but I can almost guarantee you it is in the Northwest. So it might be a little softer, but I still guarantee that this is going to be a lot harder of a course, but um, I think he can really grind it out. I like Mackenzie Hughes at 125 as well, a lot. Um, he almost won the U.S. Open. And the U.S. Open is kind of what I'm comparing is BMW likes to make it real, real tough on these guys. So think of the guys that did really well in very, very difficult uh, courses slash conditions such as the U.S. Open. So, which brings me to, yeah, I mean, I think Rom's going to win every tournament maybe for the rest of the world because, I mean, he's just playing so <laughs> good right now. He just is. <laughs> but yeah, with, he won last year, right? He won last year. He won here at last, a different course. Yeah, at a different course. He did win the BMW last year. Yeah. Um, next year they'll be in Wilmington, Delaware. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild. I like that they move around, but it it's you know it takes some of the variables away as it, it takes some of the the info away on my end. It does, and that's what it. we've talked about all year when they when we're at a. When we're talking about somewhere where they change the courses, um, you're you're picking the the hot guy, the hot hand, you know. And yeah, I personally think Fino got his win, and now he's going to be on cloud nine. It's tough to come back, recreate that epic play. He is playing well, and I do think he'll be around. But I don't, I don't necessarily take real, him to win. Real quick turnaround too. Especially going to no, that's a good. Point. Especially going to playoff on Monday, they're teeing off Thursday. You know, it's a real. See, quick they were. I was reading something today. They were talking about how, yeah, DJ played crappy last week, but he also has a bunch of days off. He's just been chilling at that course. Um, Louis Oosthuizen wasn't there. I believe that was for a minor injury of sorts. That scares me. Anytime a golf someone has even a you know, pinky strain, you're worried about it, but he didn't have to worry about, you know, a lot of these guys who missed the cut last week. I mean, uh, there was a lot of really good offers that missed the cut. And it's, it's very possible that that could be a bit of a benefit to them this week. I don't necessarily think, I mean, they play golf every day. It doesn't really mean that much, but, you know, a little like mental and relaxation always always helps. It really does. So I think I think um I I'm maybe never ever ever betting on Dustin Johnson for the rest of my life. So I but I like the Louis <laughs> an idea. You know, the guy's been off the hook all year and he just had a little break. Again, I don't really remember why, but um that's something to very keep an eye on. Cause then you have right next to him. On the list at 35 to 1 is Victor Hovlin, who not only played in that tournament, but broke his putter. He was so pissed off. You know, like that is the type of player that I have trouble betting next week, who just like he wanted out of there. So, you know, he shot a 42 on the back nine. I mean, Fino shot a 30. Fino beat him by 12 strokes on the back nine alone. That's crazy. It just seems like he's coming in with like a talk about someone who's like, all right, you know, you can just the season gets to you. They started in January, you know. It's a long season. It's, it's a, a long, long season, season, and I think you can see people start to break, such as speed. I mean, 
he's just such a roller coaster. And I just think he's wearing down and done. I think, um, I think betting this week, you really got to look at who is still fresh a little bit. It's who still has that grind in them to, to get this done. And I think Rom will probably breeze through this week, honestly. Um, but you know, if I was going to bet anything, it would be mainly long shots and wrong and Xander shot. Of course, I think Xander could play literally every week for the rest of his life and never get worn out. He just seems like he's got a uh, different, he's just different dude. And he played great last week. And I think I really like him this week, but I think he's going to have to beat Rom somehow. Would I take Rom Bogging two holes on the back nine like he did this week? I guess. Yeah, Rom seems to be the biggest uh, threat to himself. I think so. Well, again, he didn't do anything that crazy. It's just you know, bogeys happen. It was just crazy that some guy shot five under on that back nine. No, I mean, I think Fina was the only person that entire Sunday that had a thirty on the back nine. And it just happened to be the guy that was, you know, had anybody else in the tournament shot a 30 on the back nine, it would have been irrelevant to John Rahm because he still would have won. Um, and he still, what, only lost by a stroke or something? I mean, it was – golf is very, very – you just never know. It's just one little swing. I mean, he didn't really do anything all that bad. Just a couple, couple putts that looked like they were going in and did it, you know. But That's why I it's fun to gamble playing. on, man. Yeah, he still played incredibly well, and he's going to play incredibly well this week. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet the house or anything on almost anybody this week other than him because I'm pretty sure he's going to win. He's good. He's playing All very right, buddy. well. Well, um, I mean. If you're just trying to pick a winner, I think that's a great route, you know, is going with John Rahm. It's it's, <laughs> it it's the easiest is. one to pick. Yeah. But if you're if you're in my situation in like fantasy golf where you're mm-hmm. you're way far back and you need a long shot, this this is the fun this is a fun tournament to go get it at. And uh I don't know. I don't know if I, I need to pick somebody to win that nobody else is gonna pick, basically. And I'm I'm thinking of of Max Homa, it's it's something. I just okay. don't think. I think he's he's a good golfer that nobody else in our in our. How about, I doubt anybody else picks him for this weekend. Um, I like uh, when it comes to fantasy and maybe hoping you're taking someone that doesn't that um, you know that maybe the yeah, rest I want, of the. I want. I would like right. I want the best possible golfer that nobody uh, else is picking. A few of them, okay? I'll give you just a little advice here. One is Webb Simpson. Only hasn't been playing, like, you ever quite seen his name too much in the last month or so, but talking about a guy who plays really well at really difficult courses, has a really good one, and I think that not many people will take him or have already taken him because he was so hot earlier than in the year, correct? Like that a lot of people have taken. But then also, Sung J.M. got... um, you know, he was sixth place last week, playing really, really well, can go really low. Shane Lowry, too. Shane Lowry, no one's going to take, even though he's been – it's like he's the most under-radar, like, top. I mean, he's got to be the top 
10 golfer over the last four weeks easily, um, if not better than that. And still nobody really talks about him. I mean, he's just right there all the time. I don't think – I think you could take any three of those people in your fantasy leagues if they're available and and no one – if somebody else takes a, maybe a, one or two other people max. Yeah. Well, or Mackenzie Hughes. All right, which is a great pick. Or Mackenzie Hughes. I still Hughes. think I think it's a great pick. He's played incredible, and he played the U.S. Open so well. And I really think the BMW isn't going to be as hard as the U.S. Open, but it's going to be very difficult. It's not going to be shooting yeah. 62s and 60s like last week. You want to keep it on the fairway because it's going to be real yeah. tough if you go off it. That's know? right. Um, all right, buddy. Well, we'll talk again on Sunday, and we'll know who is the winner of the inaugural BYA fantasy golf season. And it's kind of a little, a little shady because you're right at the top of the list right now. But, um, and you're also the commissioner. But you know, well, I mean, if everyone we'll address that, to me, we'll address if everyone listened to me, we'd all be tied for first. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk right. Sunday, okay? Enjoy the golf this weekend. Yep. Enjoy the golf. Corey Collins, what's up, brother? Yo, my man, McKee. How you being, baby? I'm good, man. Good. I'm really good, dude. I had I had a lot of fun, that, especially that Monday, that Monday end to the, to the Northern Trust. I had a lot of fun watching that, and I'm pretty excited about this BMW tournament. Dude, I am too, man. Um, you know, I got to catch, I DVR'd it, and I uh, got to watch, like, the last few holes. But it just, I mean, what a golf course, man. It's just to play that golf course, just what a cool backdrop. I mean, most amazing backdrop ever. Got all the buildings yeah. and the Statue of Liberty, and what a cool spot. So when I was, uh, when I was a kid, my grandmother, my dad's mom, when my uh, my grandfather passed away while my mom was pregnant, so right before I was born, and my my dad's mom, she kind of knew I I should probably get out of that this big house pretty soon thereafter, and I guess my I don't know if they bought it like before the building went up even, but or if maybe my grandfather bought it for my grandmother, you know, knowing that he was passing or something or what, but she ended up on the thirtieth floor. On um, the a corner unit on the thirtieth floor of this building in Cliffside Park, New Jersey, so it has a very similar view. And so you'd go up on the thirtieth floor, and the view would span from the George Washington Bridge all the way down the end of the island. You'd see World Trade Center when it stood, when they stood, and the Empire State Building and everything. And then you'd see the Statue of Liberty, and then. If you, as you went around the corner of the the unit of the of the condo, you would see into Jersey, and you would see all the way down to the Meadowlands. And so it was really cool. We'd always go up there. Not always because we lived in Washington D.C. It was great for Fourth of July. But there was a few times when I was a kid where we went up for Fourth of July and we watched the fireworks from this, from her from her condo. Like, and it was incredible. I mean, just absolutely incredible. Watching the fireworks over Manhattan from this place. But it was a similar view. And watching the golf tournament this weekend, like, took me back to that. It was cool. Well, I think that anybody that's been to the Big Apple and been in New York and just, you know, even if you look at it from Jersey or, you know, you get down to Midtown, you get up to any of it, man. It's just, 
it's one of the most beautiful landscapes. It, it, number one, it just blows you away. Uh, ingenuity, man, and just engineering and what they're able to do with how many buildings. I mean, if you look at the skyline now, man, there are so many buildings that are so skinny and like, eight, you know, 60, 70, 80 stories high. You go to Central Park and you sit in that area where all the, you know, where they hold the, the festivals and all the, uh, the field right there at the very south end of the yeah. park. And you look back at yeah. just the back. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the most beautiful, unbelievable city that, that ever exists. I mean, I always said that, I don't know how, I mean, you know, I've gone back many times since I lived there way back in the, in the late nineties. And I don't know how it continues to go, man. I mean, it's like hanging on by a thread, but that thread is the strongest thread you've ever seen in your life. Cause the place just keeps on spinning, man. And it just keeps building, it keeps going and it keeps getting bigger and it keeps getting crazier. It's just the most amazing city I've ever been to in my life. My, my kids love it. My wife loves it. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, it's great, man. I love it there. Yeah, I so it was have, exciting. I'm very fortunate. I grew up in one of the most beautiful cities in the world in Washington, D.C. And then I got to spend all my time that I wasn't in D.C. I got to spend in New York because both sides of my family were from New York. So I was really fortunate. I got, you know, good, good. It kind of lucked out as a kid, you know? Yeah. You and me both, man. You were on the East. I was on the West, but you know, it's a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm glad that I, that I experienced the West the way I did. And then when I went back East for a few years and, you know, living in Boston, Rhode Island, uh, you know, Manhattan for a little while was, you know, out in Chicago, one of the greatest cities as well. And just, you know, I've been very fortunate to live in some really cool spots, but NYC baby doesn't, doesn't get any better. It's, it's pretty pretty impressive and impressive as well finally dude our boy tony finau finally yeah. like we've been calling trying to get him to be number one and, and and bring it home for you know months i mean we you know on his name around multiple times and uh man i i, I missed the boat on this one a big time i had you know I, I hadn't picked dj in a while and i had a feeling you know even though this isn't played in the boston place where he's basically manhandled everybody on this on that golf course in boston but tpc boston but this you know i thought maybe shit you know he's he's won and I, I you know i had him in the in the uh uh fantasy and thought he might come through but uh didn't even make the cut didn't even make the damn cut and he's in jeopardy dude he might not he might not uh hit top 30 if he doesn't play well no, he's like tied he's, for he's third or something like that yeah he's gonna have to uh he's gonna have to play a solid have to have a solid weekend yeah. Can't dip. You can't let the guys behind him catch up because they're gonna. They're trying to. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely trying to. Yeah. Um, my dude, I had Patrick Reed. Man, he didn't even make the cut. Well, he, no, sorry, he didn't he even make the first first hole. Yeah, that's, he he literally withdrew before it all, before it all even started. So, so I heard uh, some with his ankle, and then he had pneumonia. Right now he's he's battling pneumonia. That sucks. Yeah, that's bad for him, but hopefully he's pulling through and, you know, doing all right. Um, you know, we never wish anything yes. bad on anybody, uh, especially. No, of course not. But, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see how he does, you know, if he can pull it through this week and pick up some points, get, get a little better. So but how, of... I, I wanted to ask you real quick before you jump. Uh, your boy Hideki, did you see that he hit, <laughs> he hit a drive? I don't know if I don't it, obviously I don't think it went straight in the dude's shirt, but it like bounced and went in this guy's shirt. Did you see that? I think it was on yeah, like Saturday. In like the pocket. <laughs> yeah, in the breast pocket. It's I've never seen that <laughs> in my entire room. life. That's a tough lie. I don't know how you know That's a tough lie. A tough, tough shot. You gotta play it. You gotta play it how it lies, you know. Yeah, you gotta be play careful. You gotta be careful. It could be a bit nipply, you know. You gotta be you gotta, you gotta, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
So anyway, man, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um, so what yeah, were you going to say? I one. cut you off. What were you going to throw at me? Oh, I was like, do you know anything about this course? I do. Um, in fact, uh, there's a really cool uh, YouTube uh, that you can watch. Uh, his name is Kyle Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E. He grew up playing around the Baltimore area. This is in, mm-hmm. uh, the course is located in Owings Mills, Maryland. So you're yeah, probably familiar outside of Baltimore. Far. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that far out of Baltimore. It's kind of like the rich, the really rich suburb kind of out of outside of Baltimore. You know? Yeah. And and the golf course, uh, Tom Fozzie uh, opened in 91 um, or was built. And, you know, they had a, a 95, uh, I think, uh, geez, I think it was a junior amateur or something. There was the first, tournament, I believe, I can't remember exactly, but that was the first tournament they've had. But they've had a ton of, you know, they've had like a Walker Cup. They've had a senior tour event there. The most recent one, I think, was like 2017. It's an unbelievable golf course. But where I was going is Kyle Berkshire plays all 18 holes. And this he's a long drive champion. And he just absolutely murders the ball. And if you go to YouTube and, and just type in Kyle Berkshire and then, you know, plays Caves Valley, uh, it's a really good watch, 47 minutes long. And he plays every hole. And he played it like three weeks ago. So he doesn't play all the way on the back tees on most or some of the holes, especially the par threes, because they're saving the tee boxes. Um, but uh, it was really fun. And I watched it and I, I recommend all the listeners and anybody that's interested in the golf course before they tee it up, check it out. Um, it's uh, it, it's it gives you a pretty good visual and an understanding of the golf course. So the cool thing is, is that the golf course, the way it's laid out, they're actually going to start number one for the tournament is going to be number 10. And the back nine, which will be the front nine for the BMW, uh, has two drivable par fours and uh, a couple par fives um, that are that are gettable. And, you know, that's always fun, right? Everybody loves drivable par fours in the PGA Tour, risk reward, and they're phenomenal holes. They're set up really good. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, uh, you know, as you into the, you know, Saturday, Sundays when they actually roll out the whole tournament and show everything televised. Obviously if you DVR Thursday, Friday or whatever, if you can't watch the whole thing, I'm sure they'll show some of those holes, but it's going to be exciting. And then the back nine, which is the original front, um, there's some challenging long, I mean, most of the part five, I mean, he's playing at like 7,500 yards, dude. I mean, that's like out here would be 6,000 yards. You know what I mean? It's like crazy. So it's, it's going to be a nice test and it's going to be, you know, a, a straight ball hitter, but a long ball hitter, somebody that's consistent. Um, and the greens and the and the green complexes and everything, the bunkering, it's all done really well. It's Tom Fazio. I mean, the guy does a phenomenal job. He's a wonderful architect. Uh, he also did uh, uh, what was the Conway Farms out in uh, outside Chicago when they played. I think that was a couple of years ago when they because they kind of moved yeah. this one around a little bit. And uh, he did yeah, the design it's different on that every too. year now. Yeah, and it's just a it's a phenomenal layout, architecturally beautiful. Just it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough track. Um, was was that in? It was in like. Forest Hills, Illinois, or Forest Lake, yeah. or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that town's called. That it's like a so you're right. It's like a it's like a, a suburb of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Right. and I mean Chicago has yeah. some of the most amazing golf courses ever. But you know, all East yeah. Coast man, all the courses out there are just pristine and pre lined and just you know tough. I mean, just just a different style of golf. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I mean, you know. So it, you said 
You you said forty seven minutes. The guy's video is so basically we're watching for four hours, and these guys are really only playing forty seven minutes worth of their sport. Well, I mean, he obviously condensed it down quite a bit. He's playing kind of late in the evening, uh, you know, kind of in the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the dusk, if no, you will. So, but it's I yeah, mean, it's he, great. You know, you don't have to he, wait for anybody else. You're going right to your ball, oh, etc. Yeah. Like he we, plays with we uh, watch the. Yeah. It's like watching the it's like watching the NFL games afterwards when you're just watching the game tape like that's all 24 they call it and you're not seeing any commercials, any huddles, anything like that. It's just play, tackle, play, tackle, play, tackle. It's great. I love that shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's great, man. And he plays with his uh longtime coach cuz he grew up in the area. He's played the golf course a lot as a junior. Uh, his name's Bernie uh, Najar, I think N A J N A J A R or something like that. And he he does a good job, and he gives some tips and some ways to hit shots, different types of shots around the greens. It's really good. It's a great watch. I enjoyed it. I, I recommend it. it. So yeah, check it out. Um, cool. But yeah, man. I mean, you know, hey, uh, FedEx Cup, dude. I mean, it's you know, uh, number one. I mean, the, the purses are ridiculous. Guys are making crazy money. And you know, we talked yeah. a couple weeks ago about it's actually almost triple points. Uh, I think they get 2000 points FedEx when they win these, these three tournaments. Oh yeah. So, so Tony, Tony, Tony Finau jumped up. He's leading to the number one one spot. Yeah. He's at 33, 48 points. Um, he's about what, I don't know, 14 or 1200. Uh, no, sorry. He's 600 points ahead of John Rom right now. Um, or 585 points ahead. But he's, uh, I mean, John Rom. I mean, how Smith, dude, that guy. I mean, you know, they, these guys just, you know, it, it's just a, you know, you got Tony that was just going after it, hit an eagle, you know, did what he had to do, and then John Rom missed a few putts, and that was the that was the game for him. But you know, Justin Thomas was up there playing well. Even uh, I saw Spieth up there for a while, and then he just kind of, you know, went stale uh, the last few days. And then the weather coming in yeah. changed things up. And obviously when they finished, it was, you know, a different probably layout or whatever, because there wasn't a ton of people out there. So it's kind of going back to, you know, COVID days when they have a ton of distractions yeah. and who knows what. And now they have a two day turnaround, you know, a real quick turnaround and they got to be ready to go again. Yeah. Fire it up and, you know, get your guns. Blown. So, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a great golf, golf tournament. Um, they all are. And, you know, it's top 30, baby, Just squeeze it down. And there's some really good names that are really close as well. You got Kisner and Bradley and Tringale and Leishman and, um, a couple guys yeah, that are they're really all trying close to fight to get in. Yeah. They're and close. then you have some guys on the verge of playing themselves out too. Yeah. You got Matt. Uh, if Dustin Matt Johnson has, if, if John, if Dustin Johnson has another bad weekend, he's not playing in, in, in Atlanta. Yeah, he's uh, 22nd right now, so you know he's only got eight spots that that he can hold on to, and he's got to finish strong. But you got you know uh, Casey's boy Scotty Scheffler, 24th, Patrick Reed because he didn't play uh, is 26th. I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna play this weekend either. Yeah, you never know. I mean, he's got to obviously pull some stuff out of his you know what to make it happen. But uh, even Hideki, man, I mean you know 16, uh, you've got um, what uh, who else? Uh, Daniel Berger, um, Reed's at 26, Horschel's at 27, and McElroy is 20, 28. Um, so certainly, you know, if he doesn't play well, he could be outside in trying to figure it out, which would not be good for him. 
but uh but i don't know man so obviously casey gave you some insight and gave you some lowdown and some breakups and all that on you know who he's thinking casey casey thinks it's a good chance it's a good weekend to pick a long shot because a lot of these guys at the bottom have to have to go like win the tournament in order to stay around for next weekend yeah so he likes taking a taking a uh, you know, I was putting some money on some long shots this weekend. I mean, I don't know. If I, you know, he also, you know, he's also very vocal about how hard it's going to be to beat John Rahm ever. So it's, you know, it goes both ways. He's kind of buttering his bread on both sides. But, yeah, uh, I mean, John Rahm is just feeling it, man. He's just playing phenomenal golf. The guy doesn't miss a shot. I mean, his, his putting is the only thing to let him down. He putted really well all three days except for the last day. He just missed a couple that pushed him out of it. Could have at least probably tied and uh, been in the playoff with Smith and Tony. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, you know, you're right. A, a long shot, definitely. I mean, it's probably a great, great tournament and a great golf course to to do that. Um, and I don't know. I mean, my pick that I'll go with. Um, I'm not going to say it yet, but you know, it could be a long shot. I guess I mean, he's won before. Um, you know, he's been playing well. He. Let's see, uh, tied for eighth last week. So he's playing good golf right now. But um, I don't know, man. I mean, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? What are some of the odds? What are some of the things that uh, you guys were throwing around? Well, he made some really good points about John Rahm just being so dialed in and having a great year and, and running with him. Um, but he also made some good points when he was talking about who to fade. Like, there's a motivation issue. And if you're – if you know, if you you're kind of just out there so you don't get fined, like Marshawn Lynch, if you don't have a, if you don't really have a, a a chance to go get the fifteen million, you're kind of just ready for a vacation to start. So um, <laughs> he was sure. pointing out Spieth and Rory and uh, maybe DJ as people to kind of avoid betting on because they don't seem to. They don't seem really focused out there. They seem ready to go on vacation for the year. Yeah. Um, and some other people too. But and so for him it was a lot about motivation. Also, he didn't know a ton about the course and you know, because they don't play, they play a different course every year. It's not like we can look at the history or anything like that and get data that way. Yeah. So it's really much about the golfer, who's hot, who's playing really well, and that's why he kept settling on John Rom. But value wise, gambling wise, he found, you know, he this was a great time to, to go after some long shots. Again, just the opposite side of it, it's a motivation thing. You know, a lot of those guys really have to do well. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I agree, um, I agree with that. Uh, I've got a... Personally, personally, I kind of... Well, I'm in a weird position with, like, fantasy and stuff like that where I kind of need a golfer. I need a bit of a long shot this week. And so... um you know, I was there's I got a couple of names kind of bouncing around. I was thinking about who's who's a good golfer that nobody else in my fantasy league might have. And I keep going back to or might be picking and I keep going back to Max Homa, although there's some other names that I could go with. Um, but I'm just trying to look for somebody who as good a golfer as I can get that I'm I'm sure nobody else in my fantasy league is going to pick. As far as just picking a winner, though. It's he's right, man. It's hard to pick against John Rom. I kind of wanted. I was thinking Morikawa, but then, you know, he's kind of he kind of peaked earlier in the summer. You know, he's he, he had, you know, he had two he had two big moments this year, and you know, it's hard to stay motivated after that. It seems like. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know, but if you're just picking the winner, I like those two names. But if if you're just trying to make trying to make some money, this might be a spot to pick somebody that's at sixty or eighty or hundred hundred to one. You know. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, the couple of long shot names. One of, I mean, and not necessarily a t- tremendous long shot, but Kevin Kisner. Um, yeah. You know, he he won uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and you know, in that playoff with like six guys. Uh, but one of the other guys that was yeah. in the playoff with him that I think is a good long shot. I don't know what his odds are, but Russell Henley um, has been playing really well lately. Finished, I think. Top Russell 30. Henley's at. 70 or 75 or 80 to one. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's Kisner? Kisner is, uh, Kisner's at 150 to one. Wow. You can make a lot of money with a little, with a little wager on Kisner. This week. Yeah. What about your boy, Max Homa that you talked about? What's he at? Uh, so when I looked at him last, yeah, it's about the same 150 to one. Wow. Yeah. Those are good. Um, yeah, you know, I, if if this is the time to take the to take to roll the dice on the long shot, then this is the time to roll the dice. Um, you know, you can get Shane Lowry at fifty five to one. That seems like a pretty good wager. Yeah, he's uh, been playing pretty well. I, he, did, he did good. Where did he finish? He was. Uh, I think he tied for eleventh last weekend. Yeah, that's right. Casey also brought up Webb Simpson, who uh, yep. people are either off their radar or they picked him early in this year when he was already, you know, when he was doing well, um, yeah. when he had the little surge. So that's a good point too. You got to think about who people have already taken and who, who they haven't or who, who they're thinking about. So. Yeah. Well, you know, um, one of the guys that I'm thinking of um, in my top pick here is a guy that he's finished top 10, eight times this year. He's on point. He's been good form. He played well last week. Tied for eighth. Uh, his name's Corey Connor. Um, yeah, and he's had a great year. Yeah, I don't know what his odds are, but uh, you know he's he's kind of sticking out to me, and he's been playing pretty good, and he's good form. You know, I think he's just looking for he's that at, that right tournament. He's at forty to one. It's pretty it's good. A great payoff for a good golfer. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, Daniel Berger? How about Daniel Berger? He is at thirty-three to one. Is what I'm seeing. Yeah, thirty-three to one. Yeah, he's had a win this year in eight top tens. So, yeah, and uh, strong. Yeah, but again, it's we're kind of at a disadvantage because it's not like we can say, "Oh yeah," and the last two years on this course, he's done very well, or blah blah blah. But because and we can't do that because because of the moving nature of this tournament, you know, because it's at a different course every year, we don't have that history to draw from. Yeah. So it's kind of, it, it makes it a little harder to pick, you know, to, to have a lot of confidence in your pick. I agree. Uh, you know, there's a guy that's right next to Corey Connors that I just looked at now and just saw him, but Stuart Sink, he's had two wins this year, three, three top tens. Uh, he's 19th on the FedEx money cup list. Um, 175 you know, to one. Yeah. I mean, dude, boom. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. So, I think that the more I think about it, the more I like the Shane Lowry, the Shane Lowry route. Yeah. He's a good golfer, man. And he's he's a real good golfer. I mean, 55 to one is really good, a really good number for him. Yeah, I agree with that big time. 
Um, but yeah, man, I think, you know, where I'm at, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, where I'm, what I said before is, uh, Corey Connors, man, I think is going to kind of be my horse that I'm going to run with and see, uh, see what he throws down. I have a feeling he's just waiting for something and needs something to pop and talk about being hungry. Kids hungry. And, um, he's done well this year. And I think this, uh, this golf course suit him. He's long ball striker. He's got a nice fade, which is of course requires quite a bit of, um, and his short game has been on point and he's been playing really well. Um, so that's kind of where I'm, where I'm leaning, my friend. Dig it. All right, man. Well, we'll see how it goes. And, uh, I hope you, I hope you have fun watching some golf this weekend. You too. And we'll talk again on Sunday and we'll, we'll, and we'll know who the, uh, we'll know who's won the inaugural, inaugural BYA Bushwood, uh, fantasy golf league and well uh is uh is casey leading still or who's leading yeah casey's leading and our homie shawnee mack is uh right behind him that's a nice um, payout dude what was like a the, thousand yeah, an, so that's good yeah it's a good it's it's good money that's awesome so uh yeah it's exciting and then we'll also you know we'll put a little put a little uh bow tie or not a little bow tie we'll tie a little bow that's what i'm trying there to say. you go on our uh on our first season of uh like BYA Bushwood podcasting and all that stuff. All right. You got it, man. I appreciate everything. Uh, keep it in the short grass, my friend, and uh, enjoy your weekend as well. So your 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 base your call is Shane Lowry. What you're going with? I'm yeah, I'm going with Shane Lowry. All right. Who did Casey pick? Hundred percent. Is he just doing Rom or what's his deal? Yeah, Rom is. Who okay. Is, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, stud. All right, bud. I appreciate it, man. You guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the golf. And check out that uh, Kyle Berkshire, man. It's 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 worth it. It's uh, it's a good look at the golf course and gives you a good understanding of what they're going to be dealing with. Very cool. All right, All right we'll talk soon. Have a good night, man. Later.